Welcome to Shatterproof. I am your host, Todd Callahan. You can follow me on Instagram at Pastor Todd Callahan. You can download our app by searching Ignite Church VT on your Google Play Store or in your App Store, or you can follow us online at IgniteChurchVT.com. This is going to be an incredible conversation today. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be life-changing. So share this podcast, share this episode, and I'll be right back. There are all kinds of things happening this week all over the nation, economically, spiritually, politically. You know, it's amazing that there is, in 2022, a potential Supreme Court um, uh, justice who is in the nomination process cannot even answer a simple question on what defines a woman. It's amazing. You know, it, 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 it just shows you the moral decline the lack of integrity that people carry. You know, over the past two years, we've heard from voices in all different spaces, from political to spiritual, educational uh, to religious. We've heard a lot of prophetic voices in, 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 in Christian circles and a lot of political voices projecting where they believe that we're headed as a culture. And so many people take what is spoken on social media or in the news for face value without any discernment injected into their process of thought about what they've heard. I want to suggest to each and every one of us, it's time that we wake up. How many of you know that the devil is real and he hates the body of Christ? He hates the fact that you and I are a part of God's church. And if there's any confusion, if there's anything that he can do to bring a divide, a separation between truth, righteousness, and 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 ungodliness, and the 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 great divide that we have in our culture right now. He's going to do it. He hates what God is about to do, and I believe that we're on the brink of the greatest move of God that we've ever seen in modern day generation uh, in history. In this modern generation, I believe we're about to see the greatest move of God take place. Which means we are exactly where we are supposed to be for such a time as this. You were born for this generation on purpose. You were born to be in this culture on purpose. You know, my friend Charlie Kirk just had his um, his Twitter suspended for speaking truth about the gender of the U.S. Assistant uh, Secretary for Health, stating that the Assistant Secretary is a man and, and not a woman. Well, well that's, that's true. Uh, his name, Richard Levine, uh, that's what his, his um, uh, male name, I guess you can say, um, it was Richard Levine, and he was a man for 54 years before, quote, transitioning back in 2011, but he was recently named by USA Today as Woman of the Year. Now, as believers, it's important that God's truth remain true, even when culture is pressing to force you to believe something else and agree with it or be silenced. It's amazing that they told Charlie that if you just delete the tweet, we'll give you uh, um, access to your Instagram again. So if you delete the tweet and admit that you were wrong, essentially, and admit that what you posted wasn't right, we'll give you your Instagram, I mean, your, your Twitter back. I'm with Charlie. Take the Twitter account. I don't care. I'm not going to delete the post that speaks truth and that is relevant to the entire lifestyle that the guy represents. 
Just because he puts on makeup and he wears lipstick and dresses and has long hair does not make him a female. Just because someone has a a biological sex change does not make someone male or female when they were born male or female. If you're male and you have a sex change, that doesn't make you female. If you were born female and, and you have a sex change or you go around declaring and decreeing that you're male, that doesn't make you male. That doesn't make you a man. Speaking for myself as a pastor, I've, I've got to, I must obey God because we need uncompromising voices. And I, I, I need to give the, this, this, the church that I pastor, I need to give this church and people who are connected to my voice the word of the Lord without regard for fear of backlash. And I believe that the church needs to wake up and gather herself in preparation for the greatest move of God, but also the greatest attack that we've seen in modern history. Folks, it's coming. We're believing for a great outpouring of the Spirit of God all over this nation. I know many pastors in my in my 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 pastor circle are believing for the same thing. But at the same time, we've got to understand that the greatest attack that we've ever seen in recent generations is about to come. We're about to see the greatest attack on truth, on righteousness, on morality, on the kingdom. We're about to see it. There's a scripture in the Bible where Jesus is, Jesus is talking, and you know when, when Jesus is talking, I think it's important we, we, we pay attention. I mean, it's important we pay attention to the entire word of God, but especially when Jesus is, is speaking, we don't just bypass that and, 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 and you know, think it's just, just, some, just some words in the scripture. Matthew 24, 23 says, If anyone says to you, Behold, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe him. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Now that means your pastors, that means elders, that means deacons, that means other Christians, that means the people of God. This isn't just a New Testament thing either. This was even back in the Old Testament. And I I want you to understand, just in case you thought there's some kind of delineation between God and Jesus, there is not. Jesus is God. God is Jesus. The Holy Spirit is God and the Holy Spirit is in Jesus. They are three in one. They are equally God. They are co-equal. They are perfect in unity. But in Deuteronomy 15, the Bible says, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your countrymen. You shall listen to him. Now that's Moses talking. Now the word word prophet, right, is a prophetic declaration that Jesus is coming, right? Right? So verse 16, this is according to all that you asked of the Lord, your God in Horeb on the day of the assembly, saying, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord, my God. Let me not see this great fire anymore, or I will die. The Lord said to me, they have spoken well. I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I commanded him. It shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. Now, it's about to get real. Listen, pastors and believers going around not wanting to talk about this stuff or agreeing with what's happening right now in the culture to try and not tick people off or to try and keep certain people in their, in their seats just to fill them up, you need to listen to verse 20. But the prophet who speaks a word presumptuously in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he speaks in the name of other gods, 
That prophet shall die. I'm telling you, people better stop playing games with God. People need to stop playing games with the name of Jesus. There are just too many people that are hurting, that are wounded, that are looking for truth. And if you're not serious about the things of God and you are playing with his word because of your own agenda, you need to take a back seat. You need to sit down somewhere. The Bible specifically says that prophet shall die. Verse 21 of Deuteronomy 18, he says, you may say in your heart, how will we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not come about or come true, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. Now, some people can, you know, you may be someone who said, I've got a word years ago and it just never came to pass. So does that mean that prophetic word is, is not right? Well, you need to understand the difference in it has not yet come to pass, and it didn't come to pass. Because the Bible continues on and says, the prophet has spoken it presumptuous, presumptuously, you shall not be afraid of him. In other words, do not be afraid, do not be intimidated of preachers, pastors, and prophets who talk a good game, and then God doesn't back it up. He's saying, don't be afraid of them, don't elevate them. Just because they sound good doesn't mean it's good or it's God. I don't care what attacks come your way or how much pressure you get from the outside. Don't listen to voices that are not of God. Why do you think they were okay? The government was okay with shutting down churches. Why do you, why do you think it was okay for the government to tell Christians that you couldn't gather? When you've got non-spiritual people trying to make decisions for spiritual people, there's going to be a clash. Obviously. Unfortunately, the surprising, well, not necessarily too surprising, the astonishing part is there were so many Christians that complied. I got sent a small book in the mail the other day from an individual who has done statistical research and study over the past year and a half, and um, it was based on how many churches shut down, truly shut down, how many people quit going to church, how many people have returned to church, how many pastors have no longer returned to ministry. It's astounding how many churches have shut down in the past two years. And they won't reopen. It's amazing to me how many Christians quit going to church in the first quarter of 2020, and they've not returned since. It's amazing to me how many ministers, how many preachers of the gospel have not returned to full-time ministry because there's no one to pastor anymore. Or they're doing home church only. They're Zooming their calls in. What is that? Uh, you know, and, and, and people will sit there and defend that and say, well, well, the Bible says that if any two or three are gathered, you know, not to forsake the assembly. So we're assembling together, but it's online. It's just a different format. Folks, if, if you're okay with that, if you're okay with just watching online, if you're okay with, with just having church online, then you have no idea what the presence of God is in a corporate service, because that means your church, your service, your pastor has just been going through the motions and they've not taught you and trained you the right way to to equip an atmosphere for the move of God to fall and, and the power of God to fall in a tangible way for corporate worship. 
Listen, you got these 45-minute church services where these pastors, you know, will have 20 minutes of, of, of worship, 15 minutes of worship. They've got five minutes to take the offering or, or not even. They put buckets at the back of the door. But five minutes to greet people, five minutes for announcements, 20 minutes for the word. Then we stand, we say a prayer, and everybody needs to leave. Drop your offering in the bucket on the way out. What is that? I'm not saying that God can't move in in 45 minutes, but it's amazing how many pastors and how many churches are like clockwork. They've got God on a time frame. All right, God, you got to move between 10 and 1045. If you don't do it by 1045, we got to go. I'm sorry, but when I believe when people show up to service, when people show up to church, they ought to have an anticipation that there's a move of God that's about to happen that every song they sing is disturbing spiritual uh, demonic principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness in heavenly places. Satan is the prince and power of the air. And every time we worship, every time we praise, every time we, we create a sound with our instruments, with our hands, with our voices, we are pulling down on those strongholds. Every time the word of God is released, it's an opportunity for, for signs and wonders and miracles to break out. And I believe that we are on the brink of that. Don't you stand for what is ungodly to preserve your likability in the eyes of your friends, family, or culture. People are going to try and trap you. People are going to try and back you into the wall and force you to agree with what they believe. But I don't know about you, but my Bible says he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. And I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. If you honor the word of God and live by its truth, he will use the word to protect your life. But unfortunately, in, in, in churches nowadays, um, they don't operate by, by, by 2 Timothy chapter 4, where the Bible specifically says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. In case you didn't know, there are people who get up on Sunday and don't preach the word. They preach their imagination. They preach their agenda. They will preach from emotion, but not preaching the word. So be ready in season and out of season. I saw in the church this past week that um, I was in Virginia with, with my wife and, and one of my sons. Uh, we were in Virginia and we were in a mall in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And it was an African store we went to and, and, uh, you know, beautiful, beautiful clothes and all kinds of bright and brilliant jackets and, and pants and, and accessories, just beautiful, beautiful stuff. Of course, you know, when they saw a white boy walk in and, and start looking at all this stuff, they kind of gave me the side eye, like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing in here? And I, you know, I explained to them and that, that, um, we've got, um, friends and family from Africa that watch us online. They're part of our iChurch family. And just by watching services, they were able to determine just about what my what my fit was for my for jackets and they have sent me some of the most incredible jackets and I've gotten to wear them and one of them's just bright I mean it's beautiful it's got um, like a lime a lime green um, an orange uh, white uh, beautiful beautiful colors and so I pulled that service up and showed them and said, look, you know, I'm wearing, um, uh, you know, a jacket here from Africa. I really do wear this stuff. And they were just dumbfounded and astonished. And, and then they took me to a portion um, of the store that, that had a lot of the similar stuff that I had been mailed um, from Africa. 
And um, while we're in the store, they, you know, they, they were kind of like, well, you know, you're, you're a pastor. I mean, you know, that, that's amazing. That's awesome. And then they said, you know, will you do me a favor? And I said, sure. What's up? They said, well, you, this lady said, will you pray for my son? And I said, sure. What's his name? So she told me his name and began to share his, his story and the fact that he grew up in, in church and he grew up in youth ministry. He was beginning to speak. He was bringing all kinds of youth to church with him to um, hear the gospel, to um, be a part of the youth ministry. And then as he got into his early 20s, he started to fall away from the Lord and, and stopped going to church and stopped being a part of what was happening in his local church. Well, while she's sharing that, another lady walks in whom the, the, um, um, the employee there knew so she looked at the other individual and said, he's a pastor. And that lady's face lit up. And she said to me, will you do me a favor and please pray for my son? And I just kind of chuckled and I said, sure, what's his name? And she told me his name and began to share what he's going through. And I said, you know what? Why don't we, since we're right here in this moment, why don't we just pray for both of them right now? Now there's customers in the store. I didn't really care. I felt it impressed upon my heart just to go ahead and pray for both of them right there. So while we're praying, they start praying really loud. We're going after stuff. We're believing and interceding on behalf of their sons. My wife comes over. She joins the prayer. I mean, we're having a Holy Ghost showdown right there in the middle of the store, right there in the mall in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'm telling you, you can catch me at a grocery store and I'm probably going to have a conversation about the God I serve. You, you can catch me anywhere and I'm probably going to talk to you about how good God is. Listen, I'm past those days of trying to whisper about what I do and who I am. I serve God. I am a preacher of the gospel and I am, I am unashamed to stand for truth and to stand for righteousness. The Bible says, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. You know what? You know what the problem that I believe we've experienced over the past 20 to 30 years is, is everybody has wanted to make, to go to make me feel good church. So how's that working out for you now? When you rebuke, exhort and reprove, that means somebody's going to be offended. Oh, but pastor, we can't offend anybody in this culture anymore. Pastor, you don't want to offend anyone at church, do you? I don't have to offend anyone at church. All I've got to do is read the scripture. The scripture does all the offending that it needs to do. All I've got to do is preach it. Second Timothy 4.3 says, for the time will come. Now we're here, folks. This is for 2022. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. In other words, they will go looking for the voices, for the churches, and for the pastors that agree with the version of Jesus that they've created in their mind. I used to think that it was the leaders that were wayward, but that's not true because they weren't really leaders at all. <laughs> They're just, they're just people that have been propped up by people who pay to hear what they want to hear. Listen, let me be honest with you. I've been in, I've been in, in, in church my entire life. I've grown up in the ministry. I've been in full-time ministry for a long time now. I've been around this stuff all of my life. Understand one thing. This is why pastors won't preach certain things because they know what the biggest givers don't want to hear. So to keep the money in the church, they will withhold God's truth to make Mr. Big Bucks in the back happy and make sure he doesn't get offended and leave. Verse four of second Timothy four says, and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, 
Be sober in all things, endure hardships, and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. We have got to wake up, church. The church, listen, the church is, is I was telling our, our church last night at our midweek service, the church is a nonprofit organization. And at the end of the year, um, we send out our statement. And if, you, if you're tithing and you sow in your church, which I pray that you do, you should be doing that. It's a covenant with God. But at the bottom of your giving statement that your church sends out, it says something like, no goods or services were given in exchange for this donation or for this monetary donation. Um, now, I don't like that sentence, but, but you're required by law to put that on the statement because that's the only way you can get credit with the government. In the Old and New Testament, there was no taxable benefit for tithing. It was just faith. It was just covenant. You walked it out because you believed in the principle. You trusted God enough to say, if you say this, God, I'm going to do it. Now, it's like, well, if I'm not going to get tax credit for it, I'm not going to sow. I'm not going to give. I just want to make sure I get my return. It's, you know, I wonder what, what, what that would do to the church. If, if government stopped allowing charitable contributions or they, you know, you were no longer nonprofit, churches were no longer nonprofits or were no longer 501c3s or what have you. Well, you don't necessarily need to be a 501c3 to give to a, a, a charitable organization. You can just be a nonprofit. But it would be amazing and astonishing to see if that was eliminated, what people would do. Would you still give? Would people still give? If you never got credit with government, let me tell you something. You got credit with heaven. When you tithe, God sits down and takes a test with your faith and begins to crank heaven's windows. He says, test me now in this if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out blessings. You see, I I don't believe the statement we've had to add to giving statements is right because when I tithe, I get something in return. I know that statement says there's nothing given in return for this monetary donation, but let me tell you something. There is something in return because when I tithe, I get spiritual, tangible benefits. And anybody who tithes know that God moves because when you tithe, God blesses. When you tithe, he rebukes the devourer. When you tithe, he blocks curses. When you tithe, stuff begins to happen unexpectedly. When you tithe, your finances get in order. When you tithe, God shows up and God shows off. And anybody who understands that knows that according to his word and his way, he will show up every single time. But you got to understand, he doesn't say you get everything you want. And that's why so many Christians get so mad at God. Well, I go to church and I've, I've, I've given a little bit and I've, I've been going to church for years and God hasn't answered my prayers. That's not the promise of God. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. He is not obligated to give you your preferences. He's obligated to give you what you need. And what I need. And some people are so ungrateful that we haven't even thanked them for what he's given. And before we go down the list of what he hasn't done yet, I would encourage each and every one of you listening right now just to take some time and give God thanks that you are breathing right now. Thank him that you're alive. Thank him that your children are alive, that you've got a job, that you've got food in your kitchen, that you have electricity to power your refrigerator and heat your home and turn on the lights, that you can pay your rent or pay your mortgage. Gratitude goes a long way. And let's be honest, there's too many Christians that are spending their time cursing this season in history instead of being grateful. You're alive to change it. I hate what's going on in the culture right now, but thank God he's given me the the power and the authority to help bring change. We fought a battle the past two years in this church to stay open in 2020 and early in 2021 when they were trying to close us down and shut us down. We didn't close. 
I pushed back on the ungodly governor. I pushed back on the ungodly attorney general. I pushed back on the ungodliness that was running rampant in this, in this state. And what was sad and, and sickening to me is the amount of pastors that went ahead and closed their doors for months and months and waited for the approval to open and acted like that they were being virtuous by doing what the government was telling them to do. See, here's the, here, here's the thing. It's one thing to be a nonprofit organization in our structure, which I think a lot of churches operate as just a nonprofit organization. But we cannot have any more nonprofit, P-R-O-P-H-E-T, churches. We, we have too many churches without a prophetic gift in them. We have too many churches who have prophets who are for profit. I'm going to say it again. We've got too many churches who have prophets who are, who are for profit. When you have a prophet for profit, then they are going to say what you want to hear so they can get what's in your hands to make sure that you keep coming back week after week and that you keep sowing and giving. But what you sow, you're not going to get a return on because God did not tell them to say that. So you're sowing based on your imagination. You're sowing based on your emotion or you're sowing based on your own agenda and what you've told them you want to hear. And God is not obligated to bless that. Listen, I'll be honest with you. You know what I've heard over the, over the past couple of, uh, couple of years, especially in the past, you know, six to 12 months or so. Well, Pastor, Pastor Todd talks too much about politics. If I say anything about abortion, Pastor Todd shouldn't be talking about politics. If I say anything about homosexuality, Pastor Todd should not be talking about politics. Let me enlighten you. Abortion is not American politics. Homosexuality is not American politics. Transgenderism is not American politics. Racism is not American politics. God addresses it all in the word of God, but it's been hijacked by the prince of the power of the air along with government indoctrination in an attempt to minimize the influence of God's kingdom in the earth. And listen, we don't have enough people who are preaching an offensive gospel. Where are the pastors? Where are the leaders? Where's the body of Christ that is speaking and preaching an offensive gospel? People have got this, this, this imagination that says that God would never offend anybody. They've got this, this vision in their mind of Jesus holding a staff in one hand and a baby lamb in another hand, walking around with long blonde hair and crystal blue eyes and pale skin, smiling at everybody. Listen, that's your grandma's version of Jesus hanging on the wall in her den. That's not the God of the Bible. People want this, this, this sweet and sticky smell good gospel that when they're done listening to it or they're done chewing on that for a little bit, they feel good and they got a little bit of, of leftover left on the sugar on their lips. They got a little bit of sugar left on their lips from that sweet gospel they just heard. But you got no tools to fight against what the enemy is sending to destroy your faith and knowledge of the word of God. It's amazing to me you know, and I'll search around on Instagram and, and, and Facebook, and I'll, I'll look at different ministries around, around our region here in New England and throughout the country, and it's amazing to me how many pastors and preachers do not talk about demonic principalities and powers. I am just amazed. It's amazing how many people are so focused on grace, mercy, and love that we can't even talk about what's happening spiritually. 
It's amazing that in 2022, so many pastors and so many leaders are just focused on doing good. Just be a good person. Nothing to stop the desensitizing of your spirit to the things of the culture. But Pastor Todd, what, what, what if, what if, you know, I, I operate out of this, 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 the word and I do what this gospel is telling me to do. What if people don't like me? Listen, that, that, listen, that's a great thing. If people are offended by the gospel and they walk out of your life, that's a good thing. You know who you can and cannot run with. That's why Jesus said, until you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you'll have no part of me. And what happened is immediately his circle shrunk. Listen, let's be honest. Who would want to kill Jesus? Why would you want to kill Jesus? Most people he met loved him. He healed everybody. He didn't play favorites. He didn't have special meetings with the largest givers. Come on. Jesus hung out with the unpopular people, the lepers, the tax collectors, the sinners, the people at the bar, the people you, you look at and roll your eyes you know, when, you, when you see them twerking when you go out. Come on, let's be real. You sit there and judge them because the church is like, you. that's nasty, that's yuck. But then you go to, 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 to Netflix or you, you pull up Hulu or you pull up um, um, Amazon Prime, Amazon Video, and you're watching it on there. It's easy to judge when nobody can check your browser history. It's easy to judge when nobody can see what people, what, what, you know, what people are watching on Netflix. You're, you're quick to put somebody in hell, but you're nasty at home. Christians are like, can you believe she wore that short dress to church? And you just watched a movie the night before with nudity all up in it and didn't flinch. But you're going to judge somebody who wears a short skirt to church, who's just trying to get connected with the, with the things of God, who may be coming out of certain situations and certain relationships and certain experience, but you judge them right in they, as they walk through the back door of a church while you just finished watching a movie full of nudity? I'm coming at you today on Shatterproof. I don't care. Um, you know, we have got to stand for truth and righteousness in this culture right now. It's being destroyed. It's being, it's being torn down. Listen, and it, it, you got to understand, there can be some, some, some unsaved person trying to come to church and get their life right, and the people of God are judging them. Which is why in this culture, Christians don't mind carnal preaching because false prophets will tell you everything you want to hear and they will give you a sprinkle of Jesus on top of their sugar-coated gospel. They will tell you that you can live how you want to live and still be blessed. They will tell you that you can live in your sin and God's going to understand. It's okay. False prophets will tell you that you can play both ends against God's will and that's why your life, is, listen, that's why your life's out of order. That's why your life is whack. You can't play God at both ends of the stick. We need some prophetic voices and people who will preach the word of God and not care what happens. Let the chips fall where they may because there's a wide road and there's a narrow road and there's a lot of people screaming about that wide road and there's a lot of people that want to just be loved and accepted. And when you walk in humility and truth, people are going to walk away from you. That's okay. When you represent the truth of God and it opposes what's happening in the culture right now, when people label you and they brand you and they say things about you and they mock you and they, you know, uh, relationships are destroyed, let it happen. It's okay. There are people that will stay with you as long as it's beneficial to them. How many friends did Moses lose when he went from the prince of Egypt and he became a pauper in Midian? 
And they thought it was over. They thought they, had, they were done with him. But he turned 80 years old and God brings him right back on the scene. God doesn't, doesn't microwave prophets. Prophets are built through tears and prayers and intercession. They're built through service and sacrifice. And then prophetic voices show up and begin to speak. But the church is in trouble, I believe, because there are not many people who are preaching the truth because everybody wants to be popular and unliked. I'm sorry, and liked rather than unliked. But I believe that in this generation, we need uncompromising voices. We need unashamed voices, undiluted voices, voices that cannot be bought. I told our church the other day, I'm not for sale. This pulpit is not for sale. It's going to cost me something, but this pulpit is not for sale. Let me be honest with you. I've, I've traveled the country. I've been in churches from coast to coast, from border to border. I've been in a lot of places and I've been in a lot of green rooms around the country. Since I've been here in Vermont from the past, for the past five years, I've, I've heard this and people have said this to me many times before. Pastor, that was a great service today. That was incredible. That was so much fun. That was so enjoyable. Wasn't that a great day? Wasn't it fun? And, and I'm looking at them thinking to myself, what are you talking about? Man, I just labored in the word to preach to the gospel to people today. And you're talking about fun? The truth is, sometimes people think their pastors should be like a spiritual Dave Letterman. There's, there's been people over the years who have come and gone because I wasn't just like other preachers in Vermont. People don't like my style of dress. They get offended by that. You know, you know, people say, oh, Pastor Todd's too flashy. He dresses too flashy. I'm sorry that my, my style offends you. If you, if, you know, you have a style, and I don't demean your style, but you talk about me because I wear bright colors and because I, I like flashy shoes and because I, I don't dress like, like I was born in, you know, or like I'm still stuck in 1980. It's amazing how many people will judge you externally without even giving thought to the anointing of God that you carry. It's amazing. I've told people before, if, 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 if they're looking specifically on the outside and they're looking for, in New England, if they're looking for a flannel plaid wearing pastor who's wearing docker pants and, 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 and brown dress shoes and looks like they're stuck in 1985, listen, you got the wrong guy. I'm a creative guy. That's why I like to wear certain styles of clothing that reflect my creativity. It's just how God created me. If people, other, you know, other people like to dress, you know, the way that they do, and that's fine. They, they, they do that. But it's amazing when you're, in, when you're in a public position, it's amazing how people will judge you externally without even hearing words that come out of your mouth. But let me tell you something. If nothing, look at my life that when you, you got to understand when you belong to God, he's not going to let you preach it without you living it. I don't care what you wear. I don't care what you look like. We need holy prophets. We need pastors who are unafraid. We need pastors who preach sound theology. You know, I can look in scripture and you can look in Zechariah where he talked about holy prophets. The Bible's full of the words holy prophets. There's a difference. And the reason is because there's a difference between a prophet and a holy prophet. Holy means set apart, sanctified. We need holy prophetic voices right now in America. 
The Bible says if a prophet, we need it around the world, but I'm talking about the sphere specifically that we have been called to reach in this territory that we call America. The Bible says if a prophet speaks and it does not come to pass, you are not to be afraid of them. Listen, when Samuel walked into Bethlehem to anoint David, the Bible said the leaders of the city trembled because they knew there was a man of God coming. Today, people want their pastor to be their buddy. They want their pastor to be their friend. They want to kick it with their pastor and hang out and just chill together. And you miss the fact that there is an anointing and an oil on a holy prophet that's different. And we've tried to minimize the oil because we want to be accessible. And the moment that the the real true prophets of God and spiritual leaders always become uh, accessible and common is the moment that you treat their humanity like their divinity. What do I mean? Well, pastor's word was good today, but that was just his own interpretation and his own understanding. That's not really mine, but he's cool anyway. That, 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 that's all right. And when you do that, what happens is you turn into Dathan. And what happened to Dathan and his family, if you read the scripture in number 16, is that they said, Moses, God doesn't just talk to you. You're not the only one. God doesn't just speak to his church. Anyone can hear. And God said, I want all of you to meet me at the edge of the tent today. In other words, people walk around and say, I know you say you heard from God, but since God didn't speak that exact thing to me, it must not be from God. And by the time it was over, Dathan and all the other people were swallowed up in the ground with their families because they became familiar with the anointing of God's chosen and elect. We cannot get familiar with the, word, with, with, with the people and the word that God's called them to carry prophetically in, right now in this season for such a time as this. If we become so common in church, we become, listen, we have become so used to just going to church instead of being the church that we come late and we leave early. But people don't even, Christians don't even do that for the movies, let's be honest. You don't just show up for the movies and, 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 and you, you get there early because you want to get your popcorn and your drinks and get your seat. You want to see the previews and you get irritated if somebody slows you up getting into your movie. You make reservations at restaurants and show up before, before your reservation time because you don't want them to give your table away. But we treat miracles and blessings and favor and abundance and healing and deliverance for people. We treat it casually. You know why we treat it casually? Because it's not happening in corporate worship. You know why it's not happening in corporate worship? Because pastors and spiritual leaders are afraid that people won't understand that kind of move of God, so they don't operate in it. They don't function in it. They don't allow it to happen in corporate worship. So what happens is that leads to the attitude of of the people in the body of Christ. Well, I guess I'll go to church today because there's nothing else better to do. Or... I went to bed late last night and I don't really, I'm, I'm kind of tired and I don't really feel like going to church today. So I'm just going to watch it online. And pastors just talk to those who watch online just like they would if they were in the church and just tell them, oh, it's okay. No problem. You don't have to come to church. Just keep watching online. I'm grateful for our iChurch family, but you know what I do on a regular basis? I look into the camera and I tell everybody that's watching online, if you're not in this local area, and you can't get to Ignite Church, I need you to go find a local church from wherever you're watching from around the country and from around the world. I need you to find a local church. I want you to get plugged in. We can be a tool to you, but we cannot replace the local body of Christ, the local assembly. You need to go find a local church. I'm grateful for everybody that watches online, but you need to be in a church, in a church, in a local house of worship, not just watching online, 
The last two years, some people couldn't go to church because they were afraid that their mask that they were wearing couldn't keep them from catching something from somebody else who wasn't wearing a mask. And just so you know, we never applied masks in our church. If people wanted to wear them, they had that right to wear them. If people don't want to wear them, they didn't have to. And we got in trouble. We got blasted all over the media for it. Well, I, I, I use that word trouble lightly. I wasn't in any trouble. I was just continuing to allow people to, to operate in the freedoms that they had in 2019. And all of a sudden, 2020 comes around. And all of a sudden, individual freedom and liberty and individual choices were attempted to be removed by our tyrannical government. By the way, I hope you know that though we're in America, our government is corrupt. I hope you know that. But you see, we had all these people showing up because they had been trained and manipulated and taught that you had to wear a mask and you needed to be fearful, even when you wore a mask, that you were going to catch something. But let's be real. Most Christians have been wearing a mask most of their life anyway. You think a mask is going to keep you from catching anything? You've been wearing a mask all of your life. People have been masking all of their lives and getting sick because they haven't revealed their true identity to allow God to work on the areas of their life that were infected. This is prior to COVID. This is a spiritual thing I'm talking about right now. And this is why the people of God have got to wake up. Listen, we don't talk about holiness enough in church anymore. Holiness is still right. Living a consecrated life, living a life of sexual purity, living a life of keeping your eyes and ears from sinful things and staying away from gossip and untruth. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a moment, but in the end, that thing will lead to death. There's no sex worth dying for. There's no drug worth dying for. There's no needle or worth dying for. There's no relationship worth dying for. And in this city, in Vermont, in Burlington, right outside of where our, right outside the, the town where our church is located, prostitution is now going to be decriminalized. That's right, you heard me right. Prostitution is going to be decriminalized. And some Christians are okay with that. But then they condemn the pregnant teenager that walks in the back doors of the church. They'll scream about abortion and say, we shouldn't be murdering children in the womb. But I'm not going to say anything about prostitution. I'm not going to say anything about human trafficking. We're going to kind of, you know, just pretend that doesn't exist. I'm amazed at how many pastors and leaders refuse to talk about what's happening in the culture because they're, number one, they're either afraid themselves to address it or they're afraid what the response and the reaction from people in the seats are going are gonna to have. We've got uh, a proposition that's put before the Vermont House and the Vermont Senate that will be signed by the governor, I'm sure, even though he labels himself a Republican, but he has been used by the enemy over the past several years. And he is going to sign this thing into law that allows abortion. I believe this bill says not just up to 40 weeks, but even after that baby's born. And we're going to sit here and pretend as pastors and Christians and leaders that that doesn't exist, that murder is not happening in our state. It's not happening right under our noses, that, 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 that prostitution is going to happen in our streets. I told our church just the other night, I believe that God's about to raise up people in this city, in this region, in this area that are going to have a ministry to prostitutes because of what the devil is trying to do right now. 
singing songs in church, but you got a family on the other side of town and you want to judge a pregnant teenager that walks in the doors of a church and you wonder why young people don't want to see a church. They don't want to walk into church. Teen pregnancy is not political. The government took it because the church stopped being willing to be the solution to it. You judge them for drinking and smoking, but you got gummies at your house. Come on, let's be real. You're doing all kinds of immoral practices at home. And I'm not mad. I'm not coming at anybody, but don't judge people when you're doing the same stuff. Culture tells you to hoard your money away. Don't give, don't tithe. We're going through some challenges right now. My wife has until May 1st and she's going to lose her job for refusing to, to, to take a vaccine for refusing to be manipulated and coerced by her employer to do so. And there were some statements made that I'm not going to tell you yet. We'll have to see what happens come May 1st. But there were some statements made to her the other day that tell you definitively this is not about health and well-being. People have told us, you know, I can't believe you're still tithing and you're still giving. Yes, I'm still tithing and giving, even though my wife may, ha may not have a job by May 1st because I believe the word of God. Kim Clement, Kim Clement gave her a prophetic word about 15 years ago or so, and I believe that we're about to see that word come to pass right now in this season. We've been waiting for it, and I believe that what he spoke over her life is about to come to pass. We are still tithing even when my wife might lose her job. Why? Because I trust God's word. Culture will tell you to hoard it all away and to keep money into yourself in case it doesn't work out, but I don't have a plan B. The only plan I have is God's plan. And it is a spirit of false prophecy that makes people think they can live however they want to live and still get the blessings of God. You can't do what you want and get the favor of God. You can't do what you want and receive the blessings of God. Listen, you want to know a God prophet? God's prophet will have authority without explanation. People don't know why you run and dance and shout like you do because you believe in the prophetic word of God. My wife will tell you my circle is small because I don't have time in my life to waste just hanging out and chilling with people. I don't have time to sit and listen to people say, well, this person said this and that person said that or this person did this and that person did that. Listen, to be all honest, in, in all honesty, I don't care. <laughs> with all due respect, I don't care. We need to grow up. We need to grow up. When did it become socially normal for pastors to become dumpsters of just people's garbage in their life. I'll help anybody out, but at some point I'm going to have to check out if you're still running down the same road. If I'm a pastor in God's house and I've got to fight for souls, I don't want anybody going to hell under my oversight. I want every person that walks into my life, every person who's under the anointing of the, the, the ministry that God's placed within me, I want every single person to have a relationship with Jesus to get their eternal reward in heaven and to be running with Jesus for the rest of their life. You think about Matthew 21, 23, Jesus, when he, it says, when he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him while he was teaching. They showed up, they confronted him. Why? Why are you offended by Jesus? Aren't you the chief priests and the elders? They asked him, by what authority are you doing these things and who gave you this authority? What they're saying is, who gave you permission to be great? You don't need permission to be great. All you need is a word from God. All you need is a word from God. And I believe that there are, there, there are storms that are forming. 
There are, there are storms that are coming. There's a move of God that's about to happen, and it's about to get real bad if the people of God do not stand for truth and do not stand for righteousness in this moment, in this season, in this day right now. This is not a fight against flesh and blood. This is a fight against principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness in heavenly places. This is a fight against right and wrong. This is a fight of godliness and ungodliness. That's what we're facing right now in this culture. We cannot sugarcoat the gospel. If you're attending a place that is sugarcoating the gospel, you need to pray about where God needs to to, to replant you. Because when the rubber meets the road, when hell starts revealing itself in this next season, can your spiritual leaders help you walk a journey of power, of truth, of uncompromising the word of God in your life? Because there are too many pastors, there are too many spiritual leaders that are tickling ears right now because they themselves have had their ears tickled. The gospel is going to offend. The gospel is going to separate. The gospel is going to align and call into order. And those who do not want to be under the authority and the alignment of heaven are going to walk away. They're going to run. Or they're going to be like, like a cloud with no form of godliness. They're going to be without any power. Folks, we're engaging a season and a time right now in 2022 in the years to come where God is looking for a powerful church. He's looking for a church. God's not coming back for a weak, impotent church. He's coming back for a powerful, anointed church who knows how to use its authority in the territory in which God has given it. God's given you and I power and authority. So why are so many Christians sitting in their spiritual lazy boy acting as if they have no power to change anything in the earth? It's time to wake up. If you're listening to this podcast with somebody, look at them now and say, wake up. I know this podcast was intense today. It was intentional. I wanted it to be intense. We need to understand the gravity of where we are in the culture right now. And God has called you and he has called us to be shatterproof in this culture right now. You are not going to break. You may be you, you might be pressed, but you will not be crushed. God has given you the, the power and the authority to move with intentional, intentionality in this season, in this culture right now. It's time for you and I to rise up with the roar that God has put within your spirit. It's time for you and I to walk with power, to walk with truth, to walk uncompromised uncompromise and not allow the culture to persuade you to believe things that are not true, that are opposing the standards and the will of God. This is a great moment, folks. This is an incredible moment right now for the people of God to walk in an uncompromising truth, to see the power of God fall like never before in modern day history. I believe that we're about to see books written about what God is about to pour out right now in this culture. I believe that we are about to see history created and history made because of what God is about to pour out to his people who are willing to walk in truth and righteousness and not compromise the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a powerful move coming. You and I are a part of it. It's time to raise the standard. It's time to wake up. You are shatterproof. Go and fulfill everything that God 
has called you to walk in and get ready for the mantle of heaven to be deposited upon your life. I love you. I'm praying for you. Connect with me on social media. You can follow me at Pastor Todd Callahan on Instagram. Download our app by searching Ignite Church VT. You can also follow us online at ignitechurchvt.com. This podcast has been a blessing to you. You can download our app or so online and so into this podcast. Keep it going. Keep it moving. Share this episode. Share this podcast. God is doing great things. You are shatterproof and I'll see you on the next episode.